Hello, and welcome back to Parallel Passion. First off, I'd like to sincerely thank everyone who supports the show on Patreon. If you wish to join these awesome people, go to patreon.com slash or follow the link in the show notes. You'll not only be supporting this podcast, but you'll also receive a special supporter package with stickers, coasters, and whatnot. Today, I'm joined by Fleur Dries. She's been mentioned on this show several times before by Raita, Sebastian, Piotr, and many others. She's a serial meetup and conference organizer, and just one of those people that connects everyone together. She's also the person who made the introductions for my first remote job, and with that changed my life completely. It's fair to say that this podcast would not exist if it weren't for her. So I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Here's Floor. Hi Floor, welcome to Parallel Passion. Hey, thank you. Happy to be here. I'm, I'm happy to have you. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little exhausted from weeks of conferences, but otherwise, otherwise I'm good. Yeah, and we're gonna talk all about that. Like, I'm just, I'm just happy to finally have you on because, I mean, I had uh, Sebastian, I had Raita, I have Aaron, I had like all of your um, co-organizing friends, but somehow you escaped me. Oh right, so yes. I'm, I'm happy yeah. to finally have you. <laughs> well, likewise. <laughs> First thing I have to address is uh, you. You called yourself a developer avocado. <laughs> what's what's that about? <laughs> so. I am definitely not the first person to to say that. Uh, I don't. So now you you caught me off guard, and because I don't know who actually started it, uh, but it might have been Mary, who also wrote the business value of developer relations. Uh, but I think at one. But so please don't quote me on this because I'm not one hundred percent sure. Yeah, this is a podcast. No one, no one, no one <laughs> so exactly quotes you. Like this is, you have just quoted me <laughs> anyway. There was once this one joke or or typo or whatever where it's not a uh, developer advocate but uh, developer avocado, and so everybody is t- just taking over this sort of joke and uh, has T-shirts with avocados and like <laughs> socks with avocados, and uh, and so uh, it's become a thing. And you're sure those are not just hipsters? Like these are actually like avocado lovers? <laughs> well, <laughs> avocado toast lovers. No, in a way, it's also it's also fitting for the DevRel role because there is a lot of talk about uh, developer relations not being very sustainable, uh, both not on on the environment because we do like a lot of conference uh, traveling, right? But also uh, because the job can be very straining, especially if you don't know um, well what to to measure for or what what you're measured by, I guess. And so. In a, in a way, because avocados are definitely also not the most sustainable food there is, yeah. right? Uh, I think how much how much liters of water is that, does it need to grow? Like, uh, so I, I think it kind of fits there as well. Mm. Uh, although that was probably unintended. Uh, yeah, it t- took a serious turn there. Uh, but yeah, yes. I, I, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> sorry for that. <laughs> anyway, let's go straight to um, what we touched before, and that's um, organizing and community organizing and and all that. Um, you, as like I'm sure listeners will hear, like going more and more into this conversation, like you're obsessed with this, and I, I want to know how it all started. What was the the first thing? Like, when did you say, I want to organize something? <laughs> so it's nice that you say obsessed. I wouldn't call it like this. Let's let's go through all that you did, and then listeners can can decide on their own. But uh, yeah. All right. So. I think the first sort of uh, tech thing event that I organized was um, was probably uh, a Rails Girls workshop because uh, I had just heard about 
Rails Girls workshops. So this must have been in 2011, right when the first ones mm-hmm. were taking place. Um, and some of my then coworkers were um, in Finland coaching at the first uh, Rails Girls um, and told me about this event. And it, at the same time, I was uh, trying to learn uh, me some Ruby and, and, uh, and Rails. And um, I thought the best way for me to learn is to set a date for uh, for organizing a Rails Girls workshop myself. So that okay. so I said my <laughs> because that would be have been like that was a clear deadline. So in six months I am hosting this this Rails Girls workshop there, and so I have six months to uh, get at least the basics down. Hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I needed a deadline to learn, but also. Um, uh, but also it's a fun deadline, right? Because I had heard so many great stories about this, this, uh, this workshop format and, and all that comes with it and the sort of community feel of it. And do you remember when, where you first heard of Rails Girls? Like how did it come across your... So it was because, it was because of my coworkers who had already uh, uh, coached at this event okay. um, at, the first, at the first Rails Girls. Um, and they, they told me and showed me pictures of this event and it just sounded like a, like a sort of a magical place. <laughs> um, and then I organized my first, my first Rails Girls in, uh, in the Netherlands, even though I was living in Vienna at the time. <laughs> okay uh, so to sort of bring it back to my country basically mm-hmm. um and so uh and i've hosted plenty since but I, that was my first sort of technical thing um and then after that uh i did a couple of i did a couple of talks at a couple of conferences and i and i really liked uh um, and I, I, can't, I think I asked the organizers a lot of questions because I was just so interested in how they, they set it up and um, mm-hmm. um, I figured I should maybe I should maybe also do this <laughs> because the conference is just a workshop but then bigger, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> when, you, when you started, um, was there anything that you didn't expect how it is to organize things? Like did something take you aback or like did you think time something was simpler or something was like harder to do um i think well one thing that i've that i noticed pretty early on but that's also that's also i think as a as just a conference attendee um is and that's where one of the formats that i've been been doing uh called rosconf so the uh, ruby open source software conference mm-hmm. is that you would go to one of those conferences and there would be one of the speakers on and the talk would be on some sort of open source project um, and there would be like a clear sort of call to action, like, Hey, I am working on this open source project and I would love, like, I would really much, uh, welcome contributions. Um, but then the conference Wi-Fi would just be lacking or <laughs> there wouldn't be enough time or, uh, I wouldn't find, uh, other attendees that seemed similarly like interested in, in contributing to this thing. Um, and so it would always sort of fall, uh, fall flat. Uh, and that's too bad because uh, because I, I think there should be a format in which um, people can contribute to the the project that has just been presented. And so that's um, that's why why I started the Roscom format because I just wanted the the early morning bit to just by be or the evening before it doesn't matter mm-hmm. uh, to present the a couple of projects and in this case then Ruby projects, but it could basically be for every 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 language right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and then find 
and then the next day or the, the, the rest of the day is just spent contributing on the items that the maintainers called out that they need help uh, help on or that they would want to have a fresh uh, pair of eyes look at. Yeah, Rosconf is such a great idea. Like I, I've been to two of them and like every time it, it felt so, I don't know, maybe it was the, the people there that like are self-selected that go to a conference like this. Yeah. Or it's just the environment that you and, and your like co-organizers um, sort of create. It just, it feels good to be there. It feels very, even though like, yeah, it's intimidating to work like on a, on a project, like, I don't know, Homebrew or RVM or whatever. <laughs> it still um, enables you to do better work than you would have just being like a, a like at home and scrolling through GitHub issues and trying to contribute or whatever. Right, because you have the maintainer right there. So the maintainer will tell you like what what their their vision is, um, but also are are very happy to hear because they know that the, like they know what to expect as well. Mm-hmm. So they know that they will get feedback as well, and that there will be people that are uh, sometimes entirely new to open source contributing or to the project uh, that will look at documentation and be like. I don't understand this. Mm-hmm. This is this is not how I would how I would formulate things. Where this is not, I don't understand why you would want to do it this way, uh, which is super interesting, right? Um, and some of the people uh, continue to contribute uh, heavily to these projects, and that's uh, that's very interesting. Yeah, and also gives the uh, the maintainers the opportunity before the conference to just go through their code base and their list of issues and just be triaging those based on okay, so could have first time contributor do this or what what are my priorities or what's my what's my roadmap and maybe make that roadmap if they don't have one yet mm-hmm. um so i think it's beneficial for everyone and uh, it's just like it's a bunch of fun it's very informal and it's very intimate right because it's a small group of people like you said self-selected so that's cool yeah and it's interesting because like i'm i'm a huge proponent of remote work but it is different than like once you meet these people and you work with them in in like in real life for lack of a better word right um it's it's it is just so much easier to to go to Catherine or whoever say like can you please explain how this works it also like it like feels it's less uh pressure on me or someone to ask maintainer who's already there than to i don't know write them an email or write a github issue or whatever that's that feels like heavier and you don't want to impose or whatever but then they're already there so it's just it's less friction right yeah right that's cool how does one then go from like organizing the first rails girls to um i'm gonna uh, i don't know did you start vnrb or did you join um i did start it i didn't start it alone though but uh but i did start it there were uh Apparently, uh, predating there, w- there was some sort of re- Ruby meetup in Vienna uh, before before I, I moved there, um, but it fell flat because I think the organizers uh, moved to the US at one point or or some of them, um, and so we kind of revived the the Ruby community meetups um, in in Vienna, mm-hmm. and then I found um, uh, a location that would host us uh, regularly. Um, and I just started, <laughs> I just started more meetups uh, from there. But but the the Vienna Ruby meetup was the was my main one. Yeah, I spent a lot of time and effort on this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've been there a couple of times. It was it was great. Yeah, cool. There was also one pretty close to us uh, in Bratislava, which is only an hour away, which is actually shorter probably than to some of the 
districts in Vienna. <laughs> and so we would often go there and they would come to us. And so that was a, that was also very interesting. Yeah. And now I, 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 I'm, well, you had, you had writer on as well. Uh, writer and I uh, founded a foundation uh, last year. And so we do a lot of the events uh, in the Netherlands together. So uh, anything from, from Rails Girls and, um, and the Amsterdam Ruby meetup and Yuruko this, uh, this year or last month. <laughs> Actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> still, re- still recovering. You know, when I said you were obsessed with organizing this, <laughs> well, I I just really love organizing community events uh, because I I really feel like the Rails and the Ruby community just gave me so much um, and so much joy, um, and I still uh, I really saw I recently joined Microsoft and Microsoft is a very interesting company, um, but uh, but I definitely do not touch as much much code anymore as i would like to and i pro and and of course like ruby is not necessarily a first um class citizen for for microsoft and so yuruko was also a little bit of you know being among my people again <laughs> and uh and uh regaining regaining some i don't know like regaining a lot of energy because i i i have fallen into this completely different community which is the like anything that has to do with Microsoft technology, but also, but also like a, uh, there's also some overlap with Red Hat and Docker and so on, and it's interesting. Uh, but it's but but the Ruby community is just so different and so yeah, so welcoming and so um, diverse, I guess. And so so yeah, organizing these events just give me a lot of energy. Uh, because I feel like uh, I'm entirely at home mm-hmm. uh, and I'm entirely safe. And that's that's good. So, how does it make you feel when you organize a like one of well, let's say the biggest European Ruby conference and it gets sold out like immediately? <laughs> um, what is what does that feel like? <laughs> well, I remember being on the phone with Rita because we were just like so. Either like either way, we had, we had already announced that we would release the uh, release the tickets. And uh, I had a couple of minutes before I was I was testing something live as you do, <laughs> <laughs> just with like a really small batch of t- tickets, just to see if it actually works. Because the, wor- the worst thing is that you promise it will be live at a, at a certain time and then it doesn't work, right? Right. Anyway, I will not defend myself any further. <laughs> um, and those tickets. So this was half an hour or whatever before we we would open the the ticket sales, and they were gone. <laughs> and they were alive for like a second it's <laughs> like okay this is what we're dealing with uh, <laughs> and so so when we eventually went live uh, we were on, just on the phone and we're just saying to each other like i can't believe this like this is like a we're, we're like a like a rock show or like a concert but yeah, what yeah. is this <laughs> um so yeah that make of course that makes you feel like really good i, I think i do think it had a lot to do with uh, just the location because well it was a, it was a very awesome location and uh, yeah. yeah. Why did you pick Rotterdam? <laughs> so actually, I I I don't think. Did you ask Raita about this? Yeah, I don't think I did. I don't remember. It's, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so at last year at Yuruko, um, I was thinking I would love to. Like, I would um, because um, last year at Yuruko, I was uh, MCing, and uh, I, it, it had been a while. Uh, because I had just moved back to the Netherlands, and it had been a while uh, since I've been at, I had been at the at a Ruby conference, and so I was at Yuruko in Vienna, and I just was like, "Wow, this is 
this is such a great conference. Uh, I could totally see myself organizing one, obviously. <laughs> and um, and I was already, already uh, co-organizing with Reisa and Tom and Arno, the, the Amsterdam Ruby meetup. And uh, I knew that there had already been a Yuruko in, uh, in Amsterdam, I think in 2012 or something like that. And so if we would have, if we would, would uh, pitch the Netherlands, it would, it should have been in a different city. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've lived in Rotterdam for a while. I really like this city. I think it's a very special, special city. And uh, so I, 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 uh, I said, <laughs> I told Raita that I wanted to, um, to, to host it in Rotterdam. And um, I think the only, so the only thing she, t- <laughs> she put in the pitch is like, oh, so, well, at least it's very close to Amsterdam, so I can just take the train. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just like Camp Amsterdam and I'm Camp Rotterdam. So it's uh, that was an interesting... Uh, but but in a, in a good turn of events, I guess, uh, it, it's, it turned out to be, uh, to, to, to be in Rotterdam. So yay! <laughs> um, and and uh, we... So we also deliberately did a tour on the Sunday after the conference... Um, just so that people could see a bit of the city, mm-hmm. uh, which I think was very nice. How many people were there in total attendance? Well, it d- depends if you want to f- the official number or the number that we communicated to the to the venue. Because <laughs> 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 I mean, it's not like this is recorded, <laughs> right. right? It's not like they will ever hear this. Um, <laughs> That's true. They probably won't. <laughs> so there were five hundred people in the end, which was a little bit more than we were allowed to, but you know. Okay, that's a lot. Yes. It was was there anything that you didn't expect about organizing an event day of this magnitude other than selling out immediately? Well, well, that we definitely did not expect, but was uh, that was good. Um, let me think. I think what was good, or or what we've learned, uh, as in uh, Raita and I did, is we we uh, waited with involving other organizers and other people for the longest possible time. So we made a lot of the decisions uh, and we designed the conference mostly just the two of us before we started involving other people, which, uh, which made it possible for us to like move really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, so that was good. Um, and we were just so prepared. Um, at least when I speak for myself, like I felt like we were so prepared that I also got to enjoy the conference quite a bit. Uh, and that was, a uh, uh, newish experience. I think that previous conferences and, and, and workshops and so on I've, I've enjoyed, but not as much as I did this one, just because I was more there, I think. That's good. Yeah. Because usually, like, when you're organizing something, you're so stressed about everything going, you know, like, correctly, and, like, you're just going from one place to the other, like, this doesn't work, this doesn't work, this one's complaining about that, or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great that you were able to be in the moment. Yeah. Well, I usually have during the, during the event, you know, like the days, day zero, you might still have be a bit nervous, but when it really like starts, then usually I, I'm not really stressed anymore just because there's nothing you can do anymore. Right. Like there, if, if something is not delivered in time, it's not delivered in time, and it's it doesn't help to to stress stress out about it. And so, usually, I I, I am not so stressed during an event, um, but this time I was just I just felt really like there was nothing more that we could have done, and we just had a we all got it all figured out. And so even day zero, so the the Rails Girls workshop, 
I got to focus entirely on the real scrolls workshop and not on on all of the other stuff that still needed to happen. So that was that was really nice. And the the Rails girls attendees were they also attendees of the conference or was this like completely different group? So some of the coaches did go to um, to Rails girls, and there were some uh, that were um, uh, at Yuruko on a diversity ticket that mm-hmm. had that also had followed uh, the Rails girls workshop. So that was really that was really cool. Uh, I hope the conference wasn't too technical because it was actually it was it was. It was like it was pretty technical, which is good. It's exactly what we wanted. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but the other way around, which I think was really cool, is that a lot of speakers and uh, volunteers um, told me, told, or actually told us, like a couple of days in advance, or even on the day itself, like, oh, actually, you know, we're already in in the city. So shall we shall we just come and help you coach? <laughs> it's like <laughs> okay. So we had a we really had a one to one attendee uh, um, uh, coach ratio, which is a great luxury, right? When you're, yeah, that's awesome. when this is your first introduction to programming or uh, web development, then uh, wow, that that must have been like a real treat. Plus, uh, which which is something that we didn't tell them upfront. We did a little we did a little pub quiz at the very end, where they uh, so the attendees would form a little would. Feel, uh, uh, would form teams with the coaches and then uh, some of the speakers of Yuruko would would also join at this point oh. um, and and mingle in the in the groups um, and the the coolest thing was uh, that so Eileen was working on rails and of course Mats uh, the the Ruby like Godfather was also there and was also just <laughs> in a team you know and and they did of course they didn't know like how should they know they had no idea. But then we told them later on, like in the when the pub quiz was over, and they had already like done all of the competitive stuff, and would be yelling at each other for like, oh, (laughs) and then we would tell them. So you know the the language that you learn today, like these people, they write it, (laughs) (laughs) and and, uh, that was just so funny to see the look on some people's faces, like, what what do you mean? Like (laughs) they work with it. No, they created it, yeah. <laughs> and that was just that, that was the that was the coolest thing. Yeah, that that must have been like an awesome experience for for them. We also didn't tell the coaches, and so some of the coaches were super starstruck that they were just in the same room, and you know, yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, so that, that was so cute. That's that's awesome. That's yeah, that's great. And did you plan for this to happen, or was it just like sort of spontaneous because you had everyone there and you were just like, let's try this? Um, well, we were so we were kind of planning that they would join us for uh, for the the pop quiz, and then we would take the water taxi because that's a thing in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. You take the water taxi to the speakers' dinner, <laughs> but I I hadn't like I guess it didn't. F- fully um came together in my head to think oh well that will actually mean that they are joining the pub quiz with the attendees and the coaches and this this will be a thing uh, i just thought of it of uh, oh this is a nice like t- type of mingling thing for the speakers among themselves mm-hmm. <laughs> but then of course they mingle with the rest of the group and and so it was just it sort of it dawned on us while the thing was happening and it was just so nice like, I, re- I really liked it yeah yeah that sounds awesome and uh speaking of speakers <laughs> uh, uh how do you how do you decide on like who to bring oh um for uh for Yuruko, for instance how we did the selection 
Yeah, I guess for Iruko or for Oscon for for anything. I mean, if it's if it's different, feel free to elaborate. Yeah, but that's that, that's yeah, because that's very different. Okay. Because for 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 Roscon, you really need to to. So we definitely handpick. We have a short list of of people that we think might be good maintainers because I think you also need a special type of maintainer and they need to be kind of prepped to like what they can be expecting at this event because it's you know it's very hands-on and they will like they will have a group of x amount of people and they need to be comfortable with that so that's i think a a different type of speaker than Mm -hmm. than you would probably have at a at a yuruko yeah um because they just need to be or need to be like they need to be comfortable with that because it's like you have a ten-ish people that are just looking at you for instructions and help and wisdom and vision and yeah. um, and and so that that's kind of different. So uh, there we would uh, we're looking for of course like having a lineup that is kind of diverse and uh, projects that that are projects that are very diverse um, and project needs that are diverse so that there's also people that love documentation writing can also come and contribute or mm-hmm. uh, that there's also design issues, for instance, that people can work on. So that's what you want to create for something like Rosconf. And then for, for Yuko, we did, uh, and and we typically do this for, or I typically do this for conferences that I'm involved in is that you do uh, uh, call for papers and it's uh, the first round is completely blind selection. And then for Yuko, we picked out the 40 best performing because we had a talk committee team and they would go through all of the talks. Um, and then we had the top 40. Um, then we, uh, then we revealed the identities of these 40 talks and we would look for a good mix of people, but also, uh, locations because we didn't want to have, uh, the European Ruby conference and then having just American speakers, like us speakers. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. um, so you want, you want to have the local representation because that's, uh, ultimately they will go home to their own countries and it's cool that they've seen someone from their country or someone close mm-hmm. um, and not someone they will only see like at a conference maybe next year when they, yeah, yeah. when they can afford this. Um, so we wanted to have this, this local representation as well. So it's just call for papers or did you handpick some as well? We did, we did invite the keynote speakers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so well, Mats. It's kind of it's kind of a tradition for Yuruko to have Mats as a keynote speaker. Yeah, yeah, he he has to be there. So, <laughs> so that's the first thing that we did. Actually, I think uh, when I say we, it means Raita because she was she was on it immediately, <laughs> <laughs> and so we confirmed in I think three minutes after Yuruko 2018. <laughs> uh, and then um, we had uh, Eileen at an Amsterdam Ruby uh, meetup once, and that was just such a great talk, and it really resonated with the uh, with the community here. So we definitely wanted to have her. Um, and then we wanted to have um, also a sort of a, a mix of different topics, and uh, we definitely wanted to have one on sort of the developer responsibility and machine learning and what it means like the difference between a human and a machine and that machines are actually stupid so if we <laughs> design like if we program it to do stupid stuff then what do you expect will happen uh, and so that's why <laughs> we invited Laura uh, from Berlin and we invited Charity because we also wanted to have this sort of testing DevOpsy uh, angle mm-hmm. 
um, that's why we, 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 we went for these, uh, uh, keynotes. I make it sound very, very easy because we had a lot of discussions about these, <laughs> like, like what do we want to, to highlight in keynotes and, and why? So <laughs> it may, may sound very, very straightforward, but obviously it wasn't. Yeah, no, like I, I think all of the organizers, uh, like it's, if, if it's done well, it looks really simple. Um, but, uh, I, I think that anyone who ever organized anything, no matter how small knows that there's like a lot more things that you don't know that don't are, see yeah, yeah. that are <laughs> invisible. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just came back from, uh, like a big festival in, in Serbia and this is completely unrelated, but just like there were like 50,000 people there per night and there were 20 stages wow. and, and yeah. everything. And, and you're just thinking like as someone who organized like a small meetup and I'm like, this is like, how, <laughs> how do you even approach <laughs> something like this? This is yeah, where insane do you start, amount of right? work. Yeah, exactly. Where do you start? Oh, it's so much, so much things you have to keep in mind. It's just, it's crazy. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. Yes. There's one thing that you had um, that I I haven't heard of it before, uh, and it's a you, I think you called it the swag drop. Who came up with that idea? So we didn't come up with this because well, Raita saw it at a at a different conference, and okay. I don't know which one it was, but we just thought that it was because we already send a send a note anyway to all of our sponsors that if they want to be doing swag, then please think about like make it sustainable please don't use plastic please don't like please give something of value uh and not something that people are very likely to throw away <laughs> and so we even came we also came up with some some suggestions to like what you might be want to think about um and sort of like hey we're on a ship let's save the ocean and please not produce like a lot of plastic stuff mm -hmm. um and so the swag drop was It was funny because uh, people people would put sorry, and it was just my laundry basket, right? Because it had stripes, so it was <laughs> totally sailor themed, um, and with a big big sign uh, that said "swag drop." And so some people would actually put some uh, go through their goodie bags and put some stuff in there, or like put a lot of stuff in there. And then there would be other people that would go to the swag drop and just like <laughs> just dive in this uh, <laughs> this laundry basket to grab all of the like all of the stickers or um and they would be defending themselves being like, yeah, yeah, but I have like I have like three kids. If I only bring one of these little things, then you know the, the other ones will be angry with me. And so so that was really cute to see that um a lot of the stuff would distribute itself again because people would just want to have more. Uh, and so, I, I, and the rest we just uh, uh, disposed of like responsibly, right? So, mm -hmm. all good. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it's uh, it's an interesting thing, and I um, I think many conferences would benefit of something like that because yeah, like, there are a lot of people who don't need another pen or like ten more stickers, right? But there are also people like yeah that have kids or like a lot of uh, space on an, on a laptop that needs stickers. So that you know, that absolutely do need stickers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also at DevOps Days, uh, was was it two weeks ago already? Uh, DevOps Days in Amsterdam, they also had a swag table, which I thought it was also a good idea. So you would get a 
you get a sort of a sustainable tote from the from the organizers as a attendee gift, and then you could just go to the swag table. And if you wanted to have stickers or thingies, then you could just load however many you wanted. Um, but you weren't they they weren't put or they wouldn't put them in the bag, and so that you would like throw half of it out uh, later. So that was also good. I like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, we did something like that on on meetups, but that's different, right? On on meetups, we just have like a a table. Of oh yeah, just to put some stickers on and stickers. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. sure. Um, the good ones always go immediately. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. Um, were there any like particular lessons that you learned organizing uh, Eruco? I think we had a, we did a couple of things different from from maybe uh, how I would have done it. In the in the past, or how uh, or how we've seen it at different conferences mm-hmm. um, in the past. One of those being, we really don't want any. We're hiring slides, okay, uh, from from our speakers. First of all, because we give the um, we give our sponsors a platform on the website for, to put a job ad if they so choose to have a job ad on the. On the website, so people can just go there if they are interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't do sponsor pitches or anything like that. Uh, the MCs will definitely say something like "thank you to the sponsors" because they kept us afloat and everything. But but we didn't want to have the speakers do uh, hiring slides first of all because not all the speakers companies were uh, were sponsors or rather not actually. Plus um, plus usually. Or we feel like if if a speaker will do a we are hiring slide, it's very likely also that they have like a very rosy talk about their employer or their team or their or their work. Uh, whereas we just want to hear about their technical accomplishments or like really nasty challenges that they faced uh, in their code base or uh and and what they've learned from it yeah and everyone's hiring anyway so it, right because it's like you're hiring i'm hiring and we're all hiring we like we get it by the way we're hiring yeah <laughs> <laughs> like we get it uh you don't need to repeat that anymore like everybody knows it's fine um and so uh we we felt like that's a good benefit that they also don't try to paint a better picture of, of whatever they're doing um because they think otherwise the the we are hiring slide doesn't doesn't land as well mm-hmm. so that's uh that's definitely that's definitely one thing um and from last year's Eurocall, uh i remember that everybody was just uh, they did uh, the closed captioning uh but remotely so there would be uh someone from white code captioning would be in i think london um oh. doing so the 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 talks would be streamed to London. Uh, this guy would be doing the the closed captions, and it would stream back to the huh. screen there, which was which was totally fine. And we had like a lot of sort of fun with announcing stuff on the <laughs> on the stage that they didn't have to type type out, so they had to type out their own thank you thank you notes and so on. <laughs> but um, but this year for this year we invited um uh, someone from Right Code Captioning to the conference um. And and she really she is the the founder of the of the company actually and she really loved being on the boat and she really liked the experience mm-hmm. and we asked her because we saw a lot of tweets last year of people that wanted to see how this captioning how this actually works what it looks like what the keyboard looks like oh did they have the stenograph keyboard yes exactly oh wow oh yeah that's awesome yes 
And just because they uh, they then see sometimes speakers that are non-natives or just speak really quickly on stage, and they were just wondering like how how do you how do you manage like how do you keep up um and so we had norma from from radical captioning to do a lightning talk actually <laughs> um yeah. to sh- to show the the audience how that how that works and uh how they prepare um and so we also learned uh even even more so that uh because she had on informed us but but definitely like will be better c- citizen in that regard as well is that the reason that we asked the speakers to send in their slides beforehand, even though like only a small sub- subset does, as everybody knows. Yeah, because most of them are still making the presentation like up to the second before they go up. Right. But extra, so for next time, extra emp- uh, like emphasize that it's not because we want to have the slides to see and they don't need to be pretty. We just need to have sort of the content and the type of like, um, acronyms you might be using or like lingo you might be using right, so, so that they just yeah so they just have an easier time to to caption everything because it's so hard if someone is on a roll or nervous and so the voice might be shaking or they might be non-native and and so it's just to make their work a lot easier and therefore our conference a lot more accessible and so um, I think we can do a better job at that uh, for next time. How are these captions displayed then? Are they like above the slides or how does this work? We had a separate screen mm-hmm. uh, as they also had at uh, Yuruko last year. And then we had a link where people could uh, access it on their phones. So if they would be in the back of the room or if they would be listening to the um, uh, live stream at home, they could just open mm-hmm. it up on their phone and so have the captions uh, separately. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yes. And, uh, and any any other lesson? Well, I'm just I'm just so happy to have uh, have had Raita and Tom um, in the in the team. Raita has been very has been very Dutch about the money, which is <laughs> amazing. Like really, I'm I, I am like I'm so impressed with how uh, how well she sort of guarded. I guess me from giving too much (laughs) because I am just like, yeah, let's do this and this and yeah, everybody can join and everybody like, (laughs) like everybody's invited, (laughs) but, uh, which, you know, nice, but is that's the, that, yeah, you need the person that will just tell you no, or like, what is it? What is like, what is the more economic option or, just tell me that uh, that we have reached the like the the top of our budget, even though we didn't. Uh, but you only told me afterwards. Uh, but that's <laughs> that's actually good because it makes you think of ways to like other ways to do stuff um, without just throwing money at at, uh, at things. So I, I think it's a problem that you're now working with Microsoft. So <laughs> no, definitely not, <laughs> definitely not. Like I would give, but that's maybe like in my personality, I would give my last penny away to like community stuff because i just mm-hmm. i get so much out of it that is that i cannot that you cannot express in money and so i would give everything but uh so it's really good to have Raita, who's just like no <laughs> no <laughs> another thing that I, I think um you gave to the community but i think had a, a lot of positive effects and like a, i think waves throughout the industry was the rails girl summer of code because Rails Girls, it's a good 
like an intro or something it's it's more like an interesting day it's it, at least from my experience it rarely has like long-standing effects but um, something like rails or summer of code can really change someone's life like completely um and i i just want to talk a bit how did you how did you start that when did when did this idea came to be well so of, yeah so of course like i didn't start it but uh, travis like travis ci did it and uh, so, or let's say some individuals within travis ci uh, did i think it was was it swen that uh, i think he was the the first to sort of like say something like this that there should be something like this that there should be a longer project but also please don't quote me on this one because i'm not entirely sure mm-hmm. um, i just know that i that i that i came to the team at one point uh, and that um that there was just so much that that you could do and you could throw your whole your whole self at this you you were involved from the start or no not entirely the start like i think i, I joined the uh n- i'm not i'm not entirely sure maybe i've i i might have been involved like really early on in and also still in the first iteration but i've but i've been been around for a couple of them in different shapes and forms like mm-hmm. i have done uh i definitely did some of the the sponsor like the funding um uh calls i did uh some of the getting getting access to conferences for some of the uh, for the participants because and for most of them that was their first tech conference so that was also uh that was a good and interesting way to also showcase what they've done um, I think in the early years we also asked them or and helped them to prepare sort of a lightning talk that they could then do, which which now looking back is actually like a big ask, right? <laughs> but uh, uh, um, now that I think of it, but uh, that was also of course like our way to sort of spread the word, like oh, so you get to go to this conference, and um, uh, for some of them it was also. Uh, support of travel and and lodging was also included in that uh, and then it would be just so great if you could do a lightning talk there to sh- like to tell you to tell the people there what is rails girls of summer of code and mm-hmm. what have you been working on and um and and so many of them did and that was that was super cool mm-hmm. um i've i've done uh i've been a hosting i've been a ho- i've been a host for a team in vienna I've been a supervisor uh, for once or twice, uh, which was also super rewarding because that's just something entirely different uh, where it's not uh, helping them with code or code reviews or any of that, but just like they are in, they have to apply the team and then work together for three months. And for some for some, they had come out of a Rails Girls workshop. So sometimes that did, did happen and they would... Uh, they would have individually worked on on some Ruby stuff or some learning, mm-hmm. uh, or I mean, in later years, it wasn't only it wasn't only Ruby and Rails, right? But also uh, could be JavaScript or Python or or whatever. So they had been on individual sort of learning tracks for a year or so, and then come together again to then very intensively, right, to work on a project for three months. Yeah. Um, sometimes every day in the same <laughs> in the same room, and so if you're not used to working together there sometimes uh of course there's there's some conflict and uh as a supervisor uh you were just 
you were there to defuse the the conflict, but also if one was maybe further advanced than the other uh, to try and and uh, restore the balance between the between the two or divide tasks a little bit differently uh, to to uh, um, support both of the levels mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. equally. Um, and so that was very interesting. And I think in that in that regard, so uh, Rails with Summer of Code has been beneficial uh, and is beneficial not only for not only for the participants that just get a real deep dive into working in software and open source and, and collaborating with others uh, and working remotely, but also for uh, but also for the mentors and for the supervisors uh, that got to experience like that that uh, very very interesting situation um for for all of the the coaching companies where where uh, some of the participants would land later on uh, I, I think for the project maintainers where participants that were entirely new to open source to or to to their projects just came in with a completely fresh like pair of eyes yeah um and and a lot of feedback um and so i think it's just been a been a really valuable program uh, all up yeah yeah definitely w- one thing that i i found while researching you is that <laughs> wow. you, you, you yeah i know and yeah i know how this sounds but <laughs> stay with me here uh, yes. that you studied graphic design i did yes how, what how like i had no idea that you were in in that field so first of all why and second of all how did you land in like cs then <sighs> It's been a long, it's been a long road. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I think that in high school, I was a, I was a very, I really loved learning, right? And I had a, I had a couple of topics that I, that I thought about um, throughout the, my high school years of what I wanted to study. Um, I wanted to maybe study a language, then I wanted to st- study history, maybe, um, and um, and then I took some drama classes because that was what our high school offered, and I really loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, you like drama? Yeah, I love drama. <laughs> um, I really liked that. I really liked like the more creative fields. And um, maybe after high school, I was like, maybe I don't want to learn so much anymore. Maybe I want to do stuff um and right so so i applied for for art school and i got in uh, and i was like okay that's a different experience why not um and um it actually really taught me a lot not just uh just a different way of thinking i guess um and and that was really interesting but uh i i think i was kind of different in the in in my year or in my class that i but that I did always ask for sort of constraints where they were definitely more sort of everything goes type of like, that was the, the type of attitude. And so when the time came, when we would do internships, I went to do an internship with an advertising company, which was like definitely not the norm for graphic design. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, with a newspaper, uh, in the Netherlands, mm-hmm. just because I wanted to have this, like, there needs to be there needs to be this this borders in which I need to like fit something, right. whether that's a like a customer's budget or yeah, yeah, constraints make you more creative. Yes, I 
I love that actually. Like I can be, I can do all of the things, but I need to have this sort of like, yeah. And so, um, and I really like that. I, I worked at the, the, at the newspaper a bit, a bunch more even, um, it was a super interesting project during my internship where they moved from the, the, uh, from the A2 until to tabloid format. So I got to experience that and I got to design that. And that was very, that was super interesting and, uh, and a cool project. And then, uh, I graduated with, uh, with, uh, with two very online, uh, <laughs> sort of like making the translation to, to the, to the web, to the internet. And I think, I only graduated because they thought it looked good because I don't <laughs> think they 100% understood what I was talking about. And I, in, in retrospect, it was also kind of meta type of thing. Um, and I started, uh, and in my last year of uh, Art Academy, I started working for a startup and, uh, and then I, I sort of continued working, uh, setting up sort of social media departments for like community management type of things for, uh, for advertising agencies or uh, or working in sort of producty roles with with startups, and I continued doing that until um, I moved to Vienna. I got interested in in learning to code, and the rest is history. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the re- the rest is history, basically, because I needed people around me to learn coding, and so that's why I did all of the uh, workshops and conferences and and, and yeah. That's super Meters. interesting. I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. But <laughs> so that's why I'm also so I think so into the whole DevRel thing because I think it's very related to product, right? So and product for me is a bit of design and a bit of coding and a bit of communication all mixed together with some UX and like and and I just think that's a super interesting role and to have uh to impact that and to work in that field is just yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I I Agree. But it's been it's been some it's been some <laughs> it's been a road, yeah. <laughs> um, well, one thing that you put in the in the notes, and I just I just have to ask, it's like you you said that you like to look inside people's houses <laughs> in a not creep away. <laughs> Can you please elaborate? <laughs> All right, so. I think there is. I, I don't know how widespread. <laughs> I don't know how widespread this notion is. But in the Netherlands, people don't really use curtains. Okay, I did not. I did not know that. There is a lot of like myths why we don't really use curtains. And I'm saying this while I'm sitting on my couch and looking at my windows and thinking I have curtains just because I know that I <laughs> that that's something you have when you have a house, right? And so I. <laughs> I got them measured, like they're all nice and drapey and everything, um, like a proper grown-up does. <laughs> but they're always open. I never close my my curtains. That's just like that's that's a thing. Um, and so, and I just I'm so interested in how people like put their houses together. What do they put in the like? What do they put on the walls? Or do they have plans? And like this this tells me a lot about about the people or that are living in a house and so i love to look inside people's houses and so i think it's one of the main reasons that i got a dog just so that i can walk the streets <laughs> in a non-creepo way <laughs> look inside people's houses just, just because you have a dog is like less creepy is right that your because logic? I, I mean right. i need to look around if there's not any dogs that are loose and could attack my dog right so like i think it's a totally legit uh reason to <laughs> look around and and I always thought that if 
if my if I don't have a career in in tech or like producty thing, then I will become a window cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> so that I have a great reason for looking inside people's houses and then I will write a book about people just like about humans so what are you looking for when you look into other people's houses just like furniture or like do you try to like uh, imagine how do like what do their lives look like like yes you know? yeah well so I, I look at the furniture is there are there plants are there pets are there what kind of art do they have on the wall if they don't have art on the wall what does that say or like they have a lot of books that's interesting I, 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 and i just like to sort of deduct i guess from that <laughs> so um there's also well you probably have this in many countries right but you have this uh real estate app so if you are looking for a house to rent or to buy um they will put up pictures of the houses right and so even though <laughs> and i just bought a house but i cannot delete this app because i just love it too much to look <laughs> at all of these pictures and to see what what like what people do to their houses maybe you should work in real estate yes maybe, maybe i should <laughs> <laughs> another career change no but it's just i'm fascinated i'm sure there are conferences for real estate like they might right? be <laughs> so i can combine my two passions organizing conferences and and <laughs> <laughs> and how but it's really about the like it's really about people right i'm just fascinated by humans and so and i think a house just reveals so much about and what you do to your house just reveals so much about a human mm. remind me not to invite you to my place <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what do you think your house says about you um not much because i'm renting so It's pretty much how the owner set it up. There's a lot of a lot of coffee equipment. That's 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 for sure. <laughs> well, you and me both, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's wrap this up with um, a question that I always ask, and that's like, um, what would be three things that make the lasting impression on you or change your life? Like this can be in books or articles or videos or whatever. Like three three things that changed you and made you who you are wow <laughs> main and major thing is uh is uh, my son Finn. Like, um i didn't think i didn't think that i would get kids um and then um then uh then i was pregnant obviously because <laughs> that's what <laughs> happens before you get the, the actual child <laughs> um And um, he just, he just, uh, he asked, well, like, like kids do, they ask like really interesting questions and, uh, and, and, and I like this a lot and I love his view on life and he is just so, he's just so himself, right? <laughs> But mm -hmm. also, um, of course, when, when there is a kid, there's a lot of stuff that you uh, cannot do like you would do that before or um, it It will naturally slow you down because, uh, well, he will take forever with his shoes, right? Or he will, like, he will argue about something, uh, and you're just like, like, okay, like, I want to be out of the door since like 10 minutes. Why, right? like, why are we still here <laughs> discussing which, like, which toy we need to be taking uh, in order for whatever to to be doing some groceries? And so it will it forces you to slow down and be less uh, uh, to, to really draw some priorities. And that's, that's been, 
that's been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I was in developer relations uh, roles before and I would travel a lot. Uh, and I would do a lot of stuff that is not necessarily, um, that wouldn't, that wouldn't have a, a large impact, but it would just make me feel good or it would just be fun or whatever. And so and now I'm much more conscious about the stuff that I want to be spending my time uh, on because it will mean that I have less time that I can spend with, with him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's just been, that's been very good for me. And uh, I think that's, a, that's my main one. I mean, there's, there, of course, there's there's plenty plenty of stuff. Like, I think that this Rails Girls, the first time that I heard about Rails Girls, and and so the the and and the journey that that took me on, <laughs> and us now talking here, mm-hmm. I think that was was definitely another major one where, um, with with this Rails Girls workshop, meeting some of those coaches uh, that had at some point had maybe already done a Rails Girls or would have done a, a did their first rails girls with this uh with this one um i just that that was just such a beautiful uh community and such a beautiful moment that that definitely um that that made a huge impact um and i didn't want to let go out <laughs> anymore afterwards and i didn't so yeah definitely i mean that's that's also how we met i i believe right um and and like if i wouldn't meet you i don't know if i would be where i am right now because my first remote job happened because of you because you made the the connection hmm. and like the, the rest is history right awesome yeah that's that's so cool right yeah yeah it's crazy right like how some small decisions in life bring you where you are yeah yeah and yeah this is as as good of a point as any to wrap this up <laughs> um thanks for again for for being a guest thank you it was this was this was this was really cool and nice to catch up with you yeah you too and uh, definitely have to catch up in person as well just not in my apartment <laughs> <laughs> i knew that you were going to say this <laughs> um, okay uh, thanks again and uh, goodbye thank you have a great evening all right this is my interview with floor i would love if you would share this podcast with your friends and followings on your social mediums of choice retweet like repost whatever every action helps if you're listening in apple podcasts please post a review there And if you use a different app like Breaker, Overcast or anything else that supports liking or favoriting, I'd appreciate your action there as well. All of this helps other people find this podcast. You can also financially support us by going to patreon.com slash parapasspot. That's patreon.com slash p-a-r-p-a-s-p-o-d. Or open the show notes and follow the Patreon link there. Thank you. You can find this show on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. We are at parapasspot on all of them. All the links from this episode are in the show notes and on our website, parallelpassion.com slash 33. Thank you for listening and have a passionate day. Surprise. Mm.